And with present time awareness, notice your posture. And see if it has a balance of relaxation and uprightness. Not too tight, not too loose. It can be helpful to notice where your buttocks touch your cushion or bench or chair and notice your alignment from that place of hardness or softness. And to experience a sense of ease with mindfulness and receptivity, just become aware of hearing for a while. Getting that sense of listening like you would listen to a symphony. And let whatever sounds or silence come to your attention without working hard at it. And from this place of ease with receiving sound, noticing it come and go by itself, begin to notice the movement of the breath, if you can, with the same listening sense or ease. Notice it coming and going by itself. And as Carol said last night, choosing the place where you can experience the movement of the breath the most clearly, either the abdomen, chest, or tip of the nostrils. And anchoring there. So to connect your attention 
with your direct experience of the sensations within the movement of the breath, it starts with a kind of listening or receiving. Just as the breath begins, And then if you can sustain the connection, noticing how it changes. And then how it ends. And there are times when you might find it more helpful for the attention to be close or synchronized with the movement. And other times it might feel more helpful to have the attention to be more open. And if you can, starting to bring, as well as the concentration, the understanding with the attention. Of acceptance, non-judgmental, if the, if the breath is tight, or hard, vague, short or long, rough or smooth, shallow or deep. Disappearing quickly or slowly very light pressure or vibration. Warm or cool. It doesn't matter. It's that you're noticing it just as it is. And if you happen to notice that thinking appears in the present moment, and especially if you notice that the attention is lost in the storyline, 
within the thinking. For now, see if you can appreciate that you've noticed that thinking's happening. And just make a soft mental note of thinking. And then anchor your attention again with the movement of the breath. However your experience is happening, it's okay. I think it's always um, kind of fun to start a retreat and to try to really begin again, to let go of a thinking that we know what the practice is or what mindfulness is, and to kind of uh, welcome the journey into learning. Um, so. You know, we started with the basics this morning, with the breath, starting to be mindful of body, sound, breath, hearing, thinking. And now we're going to do walking meditation. Miyoshin's going to introduce the walking. So please try to have that sense of um, beginning, beginning again, because the practice is all about beginning again. Sorry about that. So over our, the course of our time here, we'll largely be spending a lot of it alternating between sitting and walking. And so often in our minds, many of us at times set up sitting as the practice. And yet walking is very valuable, and it's equally as possible that insight can arise in walking meditation. Walking meditation has many benefits to it. The first being that it's something that we do a lot of in our lives. 
So in learning to be mindful, present, aware, alert in walking, it helps to give us a vehicle to take meditation out into every corner of our lives. As we're sitting here, our walking meditation might be that first step out of bed in the morning or the more formal periods of walking. It helps us to learn to be with the body in movement so that we can bring meditation into all of the daily activities that we do. It also helps us to strengthen our concentration. Sometimes just being with the breath can seem very subtle, hard to uh, get a strong feeling for. And in walking meditation, the movements can be a lot more apparent at times. So it gives the mind a clear object to receive. It's also helpful, and especially in a long retreat, in balancing the energy. So it's suggested that after each period of sitting practice that we follow it up with a full period of walking. And to begin the walking instructions, I'd like for us to all stand up and do an exercise together. So finding a place where you can stand, where you can take one or two steps in front of you without bumping into anyone or anything. For the purpose of this exercise, we're going to do it with our eyes closed, although generally speaking, we'd be walking with eyes open. So just taking a moment to settle in to the experience of standing, feet being about shoulder width apart, arms can be in front of you, by your sides, or behind, what's ever most comfortable. Feeling the sensations of standing. the rootedness to the earth, the posture, upright and opening to the sky. Checking that the mind still has this balance of tranquility and alertness. And bringing the attention to the top of the head. Just feeling any sensations that are present. Or maybe just having a sense of this part of the body. Letting the attention come down 
into the forehead and the area around the eyes. Noticing any sensations of tightness, holding. The eyes themselves. And the cheekbones and the jaw. The cheeks. The area around the mouth. Sensations in the mouth. into the throat, the back of the head, and the neck. Down into the shoulders. Noticing if one shoulder feels different than the other. Into the upper arm, the elbows, the lower arm, into the hands and the fingertips. Noticing coolness, warmth, maybe tingling vibrations, small movements. Coming up into the upper chest, through into the back, down into the lower back, into the belly, down into the pelvic area, and the hips, the upper legs, feeling whatever sensations are present, down into the knees, the lower legs, the ankles, and the feet. Letting the awareness be right down in the feet, experiencing the sensations directly, hardness, softness, movement, Noticing if one leg is holding more weight than the other leg. Any fine movements that are happening. Then very slowly beginning to lift the right heel. 
Seeing how it changes. Lifting the right foot off the floor. If you need to open your eyes to keep your balance, that's fine. Pushing the foot slowly forward. Dropping it down. Touching. And pressing. Seeing how the weight shifts. Very slowly lifting the left heel, left ball of the foot, pushing up forward, experience of movement, dropping it down, touching, contact, and pressing. Very slowly lifting the right heel, the lightning, lifting the right foot, pushing it forward and bringing it back besides the left foot. So you can open your eyes and sit down again for a moment. When we're doing walking meditation, it's helpful if we do it in an area where we'll be walking back and forth. We do this because so often in our lives when we're walking, we're going somewhere, just noticing when you're going to the dining hall, how our energy gets out in front and we're, even in a subtle way, fixed on where we're going. So to pick an area where we simply walk back and forth helps to remind us, helps to give some structure to the fact that what we're really wanting to do is to be simply walking. In walking meditation, we can let go of the breath and let our full attention come to uh, the lower part of the leg, the foot, experiencing the sensations of movement, the changing sensations. So we can arrive at our walking place and just stand for a minute. We might want to sweep through the body as we just did. This really helps to bring the the attention down into the feet. Standing for a moment. And then it can be helpful to begin walking at a fairly normal pace. So just walking back and forth. Picking, you know, attract maybe the width of this room. Um... Walking back and forth. As we get to the end of our walking tract, stopping, turning, including this as a part of the practice. So at a fairly normal pace, if we're using the noting practice, we might note stepping, stepping, or left, right. Just you know, a light mental whisper in the back of the mind that helps to connect with the experience. After a period of time, we might want to slow down a little bit more and maybe noting lifting, placing, lifting, placing. Slowing down towards the end of the walking period even more. Lifting, moving, placing, lifting, moving, placing.
A key to how fast to walk in the walking meditation is to walk at the speed that best supports mindfulness. And this will change throughout the day. You know, if we get up and we start trying to walk really slowly in the very beginning, it can be very tiring and create a lot of struggle and tension in the mind. So really, just remembering to settle into the experience of walking. And we're not looking for any special experience. It's simply to be aware of the experience of walking just as it is. At other times, we may have had a very sleepy sitting. And as a way of helping to raise the energy, it can be helpful to walk a bit more quickly. This helps to give more support to mindfulness. So needing to play with the different speeds throughout the day. It is true that when we're walking, our field of vision is open in a way that it's not in sitting practice. So we do need to guard the sense door of seeing. When we're walking, it can be helpful to keep the gaze downward, but not so much, like not two steps in front of you so that your head is pulled over because it creates strain in the neck. But just letting your eyes naturally fall to the ground a number of feet in front of you. Walking in the area where we may not be so distracted, where there isn't people crossing over our walking paths, but that we can um, have that sense of somewhat seclusion. And then just needing to be pay attention to the moments of desire that arise, of wanting to be called out into the world, and just seeing if we can catch that moment and come back settling into the body. It's really helpful in the walking meditation to make sure there is that sense of receptivity and listening, not trying to struggle or strain with it, just simply receiving the sensations of walking. I have two announcements, which is, um, which are, interviews will start on Monday, so half the group should be seen Monday and then half Tuesday. Uh, if by Monday night uh, you don't see your name on the list for Tuesday, you should let someone know, you know, probably leave a message for John. Um, Also, there is a chemical-free bathroom, and its location has been changed. So that is on the bulletin board. So please check that. That's about it. If you have any questions about anything, logistics or uh, sitting or walking, this is a good time to ask. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Uh 
the question is around uh, in the instruction this morning with mindfulness of breath. I said that uh, sometimes you might find that it's more helpful to have the attention really close to the experience of the movement of the breath or synchronized. Or sometimes you might find it helpful to uh, have the attention more open. This could be an hour-long talk, but I just kind of wanted to bring it in because some people uh, actually can't bring their attention close or uh, have it synchronized with the movement. Other people find that that's where they um, their practice, it's easier. But for everybody, it can't last. You know, it won't last. So that, say you're really... Um, the attention, sometimes we call it microscopic attention. Sometimes it's called access concentration. But when the, the, when the attention really can be totally connected with the breath, it's not a little bit away from it or really away from it. Uh, if you stay there for a while, and you're, it's called connecting, sustaining, you know, we talk a wechara, um, there'll be a time when the attention gets too tight. It's focused, but it'll get, it'll get unbalanced, it'll get too tight, and it'll be helpful to open it up more. For other people, if, they're, if their home in anchoring is more open, one will start to space out. It'll get too loose. Uh, so that, that uh, to have an idea that we're going to find the perfect balance all the time with the movement of the breath isn't possible, but one can learn a lot about... Uh, skillful means and where one where one, where it's easier you tend to, it's important to play to that strength and then all, always knowing that the balance will be either the more open or the more focused depending on the type of practice one has if one is the type that as one gets close to the breath one tightens Sometimes that's workable. You know, over time you bring that up with your interview teacher because that's so common for when we start to approach, you know, connecting. You know, it, it contracts, it tightens, and it's very frustrating for, for that person. Sometimes that means uh, the breath isn't a neutral anchor and we give another anchor. But other times it's just a matter of learning how to open up the attention more because that's, that's how it works for that person. Rather than feeling like something's wrong, you make the contraction part of the practice, and then you back off. So it's a, it's a really good question. And I don't know if you have any questions in relationship to that, but that's what I meant. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder in general if you could speak a little louder. Okay. <laughs> speak louder. <laughs> Yeah, you might just kind of go like this if I'm softening up again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, we call it rapture. Sometimes it can be very pleasant. Sometimes it can be very unpleasant. Uh, oh, okay. The question, her body is rocking. 
and she doesn't want to hit her neighbor. <laughs> um, sometimes it can be very subtle rapture. Sometimes it can be very intense. Uh, there was a point in practice where I decided I couldn't sit in public anymore because I didn't know how to work with it. Uh, so I, I understand <laughs> how you feel. Sometimes it's helpful, if it's getting really strong, uh, to bring the attention out of the body or to uh, the bottom of the tailbone. See, see how this works, but it's like um, stepping on the clutch. So usually with rapture, there's a lot of energy. And when it starts to become un- unworkable, meaning <laughs> dangerous, <laughs> uh, you, would, you would try to uh, first just go to hearing and really have that open attention. This is why it's helpful to learn how to have both a microscopic attention and open attention. Uh, because for me, the only thing that would bring a balance to that was to just with a very microscopic attention, find the place just below the tailbone out of my body. It's interesting, but it required, you know, I used to try hearing and it wouldn't balance it, and then I would find this place really small, just below the tailbone. You know, now, it's if there's aversion to that movement and one is making that adjustment out of aversion, that's not so helpful. And it can require some, sometimes weeks, sometimes for people it takes years, actually, to find a balance with rapture. And it's okay. You know, so if, usually what I say in an interview, and it's very important for you to start working with this with your teachers, um, rapture is, is great. And it's not easy for us to find a balance with um, some sittings, you'll probably find that it's easier to go with it. But control it if, you know, if it's starting to move to the next person. You, know, you can open your eyes. You can always stand up. Um, you might walk quicker the next walking, not, not walk slowly. Or if you find that revs you up too much, just walk slowly. You'll have to experiment. So some sittings kind of go with it. And other sittings, do what I'm saying, like, you know, see if you can control it. And then talk with your teacher about it, because it, it's really fun to work with this, and it gets more refined as you start seeing what happens when you, you go with it and what happens when you control it. Okay? If you're um, on the edge of a lot of sloth, it helps the first few days of sitting to bring more quicker walking in the, in the walking. If you find that you're restless, um, you might find that you have to walk more quickly also in the walking periods. That's okay. Or if you find that the slower walking is more balancing, do that. But, but really try to listen to your system. You've, all of you have done enough practice to know your practice enough you know, to, to really understand the first few days the restlessness and sloth are going to just come in. And that's okay. So have a good day.
Settle back into the awareness of your body posture. Simply know that you're sitting. Feeling the sense of the posture in its basic outline, in its places of contact. Could make an occasional note, mental note of sitting to help keep you connected to the awareness of the posture. Let the mind stay open, easy, relaxed, and alert. Grounded in the awareness of sitting, let the mind open to the mindfulness of sound. That same sense of ease and relaxation, simply be aware of all the different sounds appearing and disappearing. louder and distinct sounds, the soft and subtle ones, the sound of silence. Staying grounded in the awareness of your sitting posture. the mind opening to different sounds as they come and go by themselves. And connecting with the feeling of each breath as it comes into the body and as it leaves. Breathing in, breathing out. Letting the breath find its own natural rhythm.
as you feel each breath entering and leaving the body, begin to notice where in the body you feel the movement of the breath most clearly. Do you feel the air passing the nostrils or the upper lip? Do you feel it in the movement of the chest or abdomen? Do you feel it in the entire movement of the breath? Wherever the breath is most distinct, most clear, let your attention come to rest at that place. Connecting with the very beginning of each breath at that place and sustain your attention for the duration of just that breath. Connecting again with the beginning of the breath, sustaining the attention for the next breath, one at a time, with full attention to each.
If the mind is wandering, you can use a soft mental note of in and out, or rise and fall, with each breath, to support the mindfulness, to keep you connected. When you use the mental noting, keep it very soft, transparent, just enough to remind you what the object of attention is. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.